0: This is a of those moments. What no moments? The darkest day. The blackest hour. Where are we? Welcome to the underworld. Otherwise
1: known as the nether sphere, or the promised land. It's where you go, and you die. What does that mean? It means those are definitely
0: not fish tanks. These are tombs. Oh, Why would anyone go to so much trouble? <laughs> Just to keep watch on the dead.
2: The dead don't come
1: back. Humankind, bring out your
2: time. No I'm missing. The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Kyle Jones, and I want to start by welcoming back Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Oh, hello there. I'm doing great. (laughs) Happy to be back. Well, hello. (laughs) Did you get lost in the forest last week?
1: Um, Yeah, I guess that's what happened. No, I'm glad to be back. I hated I missed you guys last week, but, you know, things happen. But glad to be back to talk this one out.
2: Indeed, indeed. Well, I know you have nice things to say about this episode, and I know I have nice things to say about the episode, and I am sure that Lee Shackelford has nice things to say about the episode. So, Lee Shackelford, welcome back. Can you just go ahead and kill me now? uh, (laughs) Let me... We're going to be positive all around. I promise. Nice things will be said in this episode. <sighs> wow. Okay. Yeah. How many minutes in are we
1: <laughs> <laughs> You know, if he kills you, you might wind up in a weird half dead place, you know, where you're not really dead, but you know, you could be coming <clears throat> back to life in some other form. Maybe.
2: I promise. We're not talking about Chris Chibnall's era tonight. Right. I promise. ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. No,
0: so see Clarence, what I'm thinking is that if you kill me now, then I'll become a Cyberman and you can just turn off my emotion inhibitor and I won't care about Kyle's <laughs> corny jokes anymore. So that's my that's my my long range plan. You see, I've already so got it say going we out. All.
2: <laughs> mm, so <sighs> say we all. But welcome back nonetheless, Lee Shackleford. Thank you, sir. So gentlemen, this has been a week of news, but not the news that we like to hear. Across fandom, there have been people who, and this is no joke here, seriously, no joke here, we're dealing with an episode about death and reality is facing, or we in reality are faced with death. Most notable for Doctor Who this week, our beloved Bernard Cribbins has passed away. He was born on the 29th of December, 1928 and died, of course, on the 27th of July, 2022, amongst a lot of other things. But for Doctor Who, he starred in the 1990, excuse me, 1966 movie, The Daleks' Invasion of Earth, 2150 A.D., where he starred as Tom Campbell. And, of course, we know him as Wilfred Mott across 10 episodes between 2007 all the way to 2023 next year in the 60th anniversary series or special or whatever we're getting so gentlemen bernard cribbins really quick thoughts and lee i'll start with you
0: i I was saying if there's a consolation it is that he had filmed all of his sequences for the 2023 special which is staggering to me that it's here we are in August but that he had passed in July. So they're they're shooting way in advance. But there there are behind-the-scenes photos that we've seen of David Tennant pushing him around in a wheelchair. And I don't know if that was to accommodate the character or the actor in any case. It's it's not Doctor Who at all. But um, in, in the process of really coming to uh, appreciate Bernard Cribbins, uh, when he first showed up on the show, I learned that he was famous in the U.K., not only for acting in a lot of light comedy but for a novelty song called right said fred which has become one of my favorite things in the whole world it's about some guys trying to move something heavy and i've moved so many times in my life mm-hmm. that i'm always singing right said fred in my in my head while we do it and it gets me through so that's a little gift that he gave me is the gift of right said fred <laughs> Anyway, if you don't know it, look for it. Uh, it's just fabulous. That was that was him about the time that he was doing uh, Dalek Invasion of the Earth, which is a better movie than you might think. So there you go. That's that's me and Bernard Cribbins.
1: Uh, yeah, just, just a really sad event. Uh, definitely one of the beloved actors of Doctor Who and especially of New Who. So yeah, it's just a real sad thing to see some of these actors uh, uh, pass away. But Uh, Yeah, he gave us so much joy, and I guess we can be happy for all the heartfelt moments and joy he gave us when he was here.
2: I know this is not Doctor Who per se, but I think we would be remiss if we did not mention the passing of Michelle Nichols, who, of course, was Lieutenant Uh Uhura, but she went on to become, I know, Captain. Was she? What was the character's final rank, gentlemen? Help me out.
1: Do, I don't, do we know. Do you know Clarence? I think Captain, but that that might be as far as uh, she went. As far as the Trek lore, um, yeah. I think she played an admiral in some of the when Trek was dead. Some of the the independent projects, but you know those don't count. So hey, <laughs> <laughs> we could argue canon forever, right? <laughs>
0: yeah
2: but of course she uh, was born the 28th of December 1932 and she passed just a few days after Bernard Quibbins on the 30th of July 2022 any thoughts on Nichelle's character and the impact on fandom as a whole and Clarence I mean I want you both to give your feedback but Clarence I'll start with you
1: Uh, it's just hard it's just hard um think of some of the great Trek ac- actors and this is going to be more for maybe leading myself. That was really, you know, into the TOS era of Star Trek, just some of these great er- uh, actors getting older and and passing on. And, you know, we have to be thankful that some of them are still around and still able to do things, you know, uh, nothing's promised. Time is not promised to us. And we just have-, have to, you know, admire them while they're here. And, And, you know, just enjoy them as much as we can because they're really getting older. So, yeah, yeah, sad
0: thing, man. I think I've told before my I felt like my personal connection to her. I've only met a couple of the TOS actors. And, of course, you know, now there there's only three left. But um, I I do uh, always cherish the memory that was not pleasant at the time of um, getting my first real genuine black eye. Uh, getting pummeled on the playground in rural Alabama in the 60s for expressing my admiration for Nichelle Nichols. Um, I felt that was uh, going down for a noble cause.
2: Lee, there was one thing that we did not mention in our last review, and you wanted to mention that tonight. There was someone who had passed that was connected to Doctor Who, and if you would share that with us please sir
0: yeah they they say they always come in threes but of course that always depends on where you're looking and who you're counting but for me the one two three punch in the last few days was Nichelle Nichols Bernard Cribbins and David Warner and you know they they were all in their 80s God bless them Um, but uh, I I have admired David Warner's work for as long as I've been uh, aware of him which has been 50 years I guess he did a remarkable amount of science fiction and fantasy. He's a classically trained, you know, Shakespearean actor. I first knew him as time-traveling Jack the Ripper in Time After Time, hmm. and that was in 1979. But uh, and then <laughs> in Terry Gilliam's Time Bandits, he is evil itself. But um, <laughs> and and he's he's marvelous. In that, so many other things. He was in the original Tron, and he's the bad guy there too. Hmm. And a, a memorable turn on Star Trek as the tormentor of Captain Picard, who has got him to the point where he will even identify the wrong number of lights, <laughs> an unforgettable episode of uh, Next Generation. And then he turned up on Doctor Who, I was wondering when he would, uh, in the um, the return of the, uh, the Ice Warriors in the Russian submarine episode ah, okay. called uh, Cold Warriors, right? Uh, Cold War. Cold War, yeah. And he's the uh, <laughs> the jaunty, funny Russian who has a highly illegal disc man that he's uh, playing Duran Duran on. <laughs> Is one of our first clues that these guys may be okay. So, uh, hail and farewell, David Warner. You will be
2: missed. Indeed. Well, I wish that I had more news so that we could go on a high note for the news section as we lead in but honestly i don't have any other news and i'm curious do either of you have anything that is newsworthy i guess we can say the chibnall era is almost over woohoo yes (laughs) can look at it that way indeed and you know what all jokes aside october will be here before we know it. it's true it's really true it is true But keeping on with the nice things, I want to just go ahead and warn everyone, for anyone listening, if you have not seen the episode Dark Water, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, trust me, it's nice things to be said, (laughs) and there will be spoilers. You know, I might have been guilty of just a teensy little forbid. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers.
1: Spoilers? What well, spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too.
2: Alrighty, the spoiler <laughs> warning has gone out, and we are back to review Dark Water. This is the 11th episode of the 2014 series of Doctor Who, first airing on the 1st of November, 2014. It starred Peter Capaldi as the 12th Doctor, Jenna Coleman as Clara Oswald, and Samuel Anderson as Danny Pink. It features the reveal of Michelle Gomez's mystery character. This episode was directed by Rachel Talalay. Gentlemen, summary view. Lee Shackelford, I'll start with you. Summary view. What say you?
0: Ooh, I hadn't watched this one in a long time, and I'd forgotten what a thrill ride it is. Um, This is a, a, an episode with a lot of super high emotional stakes. I mean it, it's hard to get higher than this. Yeah, just 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 thrilling. I when when I got to the end of it I thought, wait, that that was it? I mean, to be continued, but I couldn't believe forty seven minutes had gone by.
1: Indeed. A fantastic episode. Really a fantastic episode. Um I think the episode itself was better than all the lead ups that we got up to it. I think you know i see why they were there but i could have done without those but but that said a very great episode and Cal, for what is worth i can see why you love missy so much if this is the first thing we see of her because she's pretty fabulous in this episode
2: <laughs> i'm sorry i had to i had to clap i know i am probably not going to get this sound effect in there but yes you are 100% correct i mean i remember, and I know we'll get into it, but I remember being blown away at the end, and hats off to Michelle Gomez. I don't care what her character is, anything I've seen her in, she is brilliant at being psychotic. (laughs) I mean, she pulls it off and is so believable as being a neurotic, maniacal Mary Poppins left, right, and center. She's Excellent at it, Love it. But yes, everything you guys said, I can't wait to get into it. And Clarence, I want to ask you about this idea of what happens to Danny. You know, we see this conversation between he and Clara, and then the line just goes dead, and he's gone, and then someone else picks up and tells Clara what happened. What do you think about, A., what happened, but b using that as a story point. thoughts:
1: yeah, you have to I guess this has to go to the top <laughs> among the top of the list of things that are just really dreadful to happen to someone. I- I imagine that being yourself on the phone with a loved one and something as extreme as that happens, just a, a huge emotional moment for Clara. And the fact that she has a time t- traveler friend very much influences her, her next actions in this story. But, yeah, that's a great, wonderful, emotional moment. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great, great scenes. It, it's it's heart stopping tragedy,
0: isn't it? That And the way that um, Stephen Moffat's script plays it is that she has to wait and wait. Clara has to wait and wait and wait to even find out who's talking or what they're talking about. And uh, you're just uh, biting your knuckles throughout, biting your nails throughout. It's, it's, uh, it's so hard. And it reminded me of other um, stories in which we need a completely pointless death. When you have somebody who isn't going to die, a hero, they're just going to die. And it seems like they're always getting hit by a car. Do you suppose that's just a, a storytelling convention that we've all come to accept? Or is that really it? Is that the ultimate pointless waste of life?
1: Definitely seems to be one of those things that are that we can relate to probably the most with the frequency of, hmm. of, of car accidents, accident deaths and, in, in, you know, around the world. So so definitely a hook there. But but yeah, just, uh, you know, you walk a little slower, you take the other corner and <laughs> and, and the thing doesn't happen.
2: I agree with you, but let me take it just a little bit in a different direction. You know, we've referred to on this show so, so many times how, especially in New Who, a companion's exit. And I know Danny is not considered a traditional companion because he never even traveled in the TARDIS other than being inside the TARDIS. He never went anywhere. So technically... He's not per se, quote unquote, a companion. That all said, character exits in You Who are grand or whatever, you know. And I yeah. know he has an exit in the next, you know, series, you know, in the next episode. His story is not done. I understand that. But his form of death in that moment, so random, so ordinary, right. that I think as an audience watching it, It was so unexpected that you're like going, what the what? Yeah. You know that can't be right. There's got to be
0: more to it than that.
2: Yeah. So let's go to it more to it than that. Clara's betrayal. So what do you think, Lee, about the fact that we see Clara in what we think and what she's thinking is... Do this, or I'm going to throw all your keys away. You're not getting in the car- TARDIS. You do what I say. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Yeah, she's got him,
0: and he knows it. It's a, it's, it's genuinely frightening, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm scared of her. And as fans of New Who, we can't help but think about Father's Day that Rose wants to go back and and see somebody who is hit by a car, and um, and she gets there by by whining and begging <laughs> Clara says, we're going to go back and save him mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Or else they're
1: very different characters,
0: but yeah, she scares me.
1: Yeah. She did what she had to do. I mean, there is a way to save him. There is a way to save him. Now we can get into uh, the doctor's explanation about split timelines and <laughs> vanishing away. Eh. He travels back in time all the time. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's it's convenient for him to say that at that moment. But just the sheer determination of Clara to threaten the doctor, you know, her other than Danny, her best friend. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Was she right? Yeah. Well, Would
2: you have done the right. same thing?
0: Yeah, I think that's that's really if you're thinking at all, you've got to be asking that question. You know, if if the person that you've lost was X, you know, fill in the blank, would you m- make the same ultimatum, uh, knowing that you could bring down the universe around you?
2: And I'm not really asking uh, yeah. you guys to answer that, oh. but I'm asking it more in a sense of putting ourselves and for the listeners, putting yourself in the in the context. And, I, and I'm taking this in two directions. Direction number one, the direction Clara went or did direction number two the direction that Rose went, asked mm. nicely or demand. Yeah.
0: Well, which <laughs> is right. But I, interestingly, Rose then does uh alter <laughs> events and makes the whole big mess. <laughs> yeah. So this is so the doctor knows what he's talking about.
1: I think we can say that in that moment Clara knows the doctor so well. From all the time she spent with him, that she know he she knows he'd never do it, and this is the she has given the ultimatum. This is all she can do to try to get what she wants out of the situation.
0: When she makes the same argument that you do, Clarence, she says you change things all the time. Don't give me that. Mm. And you know, as audience members, we're going, yeah, word.
2: <laughs> <laughs> She's got you, cause. And Lee, you, you helped me go exactly where I wanted uh, to go with, with you saying or repeating what Clarence had said that Clara said, yeah. which was, you change history all the time. I'm going back and hearing the 11th doctor in the day of the doctor, which Clara is witnessing this yes. conversation, say, we change history all the time. That's true. So from the perspective of the doctor saying no— Is it only when the doctor wishes for it to be? Because he saved Gallifrey. Mm.
0: Yeah. The thing about him at the end of Waters of Mars, too. I mean, she doesn't remember that, but he does. You know, that there used to be rules, but there aren't
2: anymore. Now it's just me, and I'm going to do whatever I want. So before we move on to this betrayal, I want to ask you guys, when you originally watched this, if you can remember back, did you think in that moment, did you think that Clara had actually turned on the doctor, especially when you hear Peter Capaldi doing that line of, uh, no, my, my Clara, my Clara, and I don't think you will. And, you know, that whole uh, interaction, did you think she had actually turned on him? Well, turned on him. or because And see, here's why I say turned on him yeah, is because that's what he says. you're willing to throw away, you collect every key that you've seen him save. You are willing to lock him out of the thing that his home, his companion, his constant companion, you're willing to cut him off from that yep. to get what you want. And isn't that the ultimate betrayal? Well, and worse, it's it's like a murder suicide
0: because they're on the 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 mouth of an active volcano. Yeah. If she locks him out of the TARDIS, that's where they're both going to be from now on. You know, it's 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 completely mad. And in her defense, you know, I feel like that would have driven
2: me mad too. There's no right or wrong answer yeah, no. to any of those because none of us can say what we would feel and or do. I mean, yes, we're we're dissecting yeah. an episode of a fictional story, yeah. but I think I'm confident and I'm pretty darn confident that I know the two of you and I know myself and I am pretty sure that if we knew someone that we were friends with that had the ability to alter time, go back in time, yeah. that there would not be any one of us that wouldn't contemplate. I'm not saying the method, but asking that individual help. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: I think it. Yeah. Because everybody has things they'd like to go back and do
2: over. So let me ask you this. Let's move on a little bit. After we realize that this is not what had happened, you know, the doctor pulled the rabbit out of the hat and this really wasn't happening. And, there's this betrayal moment where the Clara is remorseful and the doctor is obviously hurt, and he says to her, "Go to hell,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Clarence." <laughs> thoughts?
1: Yeah, go to hell. What do? What were you thinking? Of course, uh, it was a good bit of trickery there. They got me. <laughs> I say, like, "Wow!" Did he j-? let me rewind that fifteen 15- seconds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really taken aback by that, but of course we see it's a ruse. But yeah, I was. Wow! Wow! Has it got? Has it come to this? <laughs> yeah, just just a crazy thing to ever hear the doctor say to anyone, especially a companion.
0: Uh, yeah, that's that's a clever uh bit of uh, script writing. Yeah, is he doing that on purpose? We don't know. <laughs> but yeah, the rest of the line is uh, no. I mean, that's where we need to go. That's what we need to do. You asked me what we need to do, and that's what we're gonna do.
2: So let's talk about this for a moment heaven or hell or or wherever you want to call it doctor who visiting the great beyond where how, again however you want to call it what are your thoughts about doctor who exploring this concept of the afterlife because you know if if you're a religious person or not necessarily it's a bad thing that we're talking about this but does it border on being t- too far is it okay thoughts in general lee why don't you go first well here's the here's the go to hell line
0: um he says you asked me what we're going to do i told you we're going to hell or wherever it is people go when they die if there is anywhere Wherever it is, we're going to go there, and we're going to find Danny. And if it is in any way possible, we're going to bring him home. Almost every culture in the universe has some concept of an afterlife. I always meant to have a look around, see if I could find one. <laughs> you know, but it's just not a priority for him, right? And and as we'll find out later on in the episode, the the big um, thing that uh, Seb and Missy are, are are dropping on them is that uh, when you die, you're still conscious. And you can feel everything that's happening to you, ah, which is a truly terrifying idea. Not original this episode, of course. But um, the doctor says, no, <laughs> no, when you die, that's it. So he just he just plain doesn't buy it. And and that's consistent with him always. The dead are dead. This is life. This is what you have. And there's nothing that happens next. So I, I just don't I don't feel like the episode is invested in the doctor going to an actual afterlife. He's going to find out what's going on, you know, mm. and we'll find out that we're basically in the matrix, right? Well, we are in the, ma- <laughs> well, actually to use the, the, the language from uh, deadly assassin. We are in the matrix. But, <laughs> um,
2: yeah. Anyway. So that's what I, thought. Hey, good, good comeback. Mm-hmm. Clarence, what do you think?
1: Uh, agreed. Uh, does it go too far? I don't think so. Cause, because I don't think the doctor ever believed Anything would come come of it. To me, it was just almost a, indulging Clara. Uh, that being said, they do a great job of a callback to an earlier episode of the connection that Clara has has to Danny to try to find out if he is anywhere, if he can be found. So I really love you know taking the safeguards off the TARDIS and seeing what happens.
2: I will comment on the my own question, which is. I think even though you did pose the go-to-hell comment and you did say the thing about the afterlife, we pretty much firmly establish midway through the story hints that whatever is going on is not the afterlife. So I don't think it went too far. You didn't have a being there that was claiming to be you know, I am God or I am the devil or, you know, something to that effect. As an audience, we're witnessing the story happen and it's pretty obvious this is something else that's going on. So let's get to 3W and we meet what we think is the welcome droid. And Clarence, I'll start with you. We meet the welcome droid for the first time. It is this mystery woman that Kyle has been just gleefully talking about over the last 11 episodes. First impressions of who we learn is Missy.
1: Great bit of, bit of acting there. I love the uh, whole Android-esque performance given there. I love the actual welcome that she gave as well. Yes, um, yeah, very, very believable. She had me hook, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, it was almost just too good to be true what, what that she was presenting them with. And, you know, from everything of uh, the lies that she started seeding early on to the doctor and the doctor even questioning or she putting a, a bit of question in the doctor's head when she makes the heart's comment. Yeah, I love the introduction. If this is the first thing we see of Missy, I can see why people... Love her. I think I love her in this episode more than anything else I've seen her in. Um, again, I didn't really love the previews that led up to this because we don't really get a real impression of who she is. Or just like this mystery character. But, but yeah, I thought the performance here, especially this android esque introduction, was spot on.
0: Oh, same, same. Um, and I'm not sure that I had caught this before, but she she insists that her. Her name is spelled M I S I when she's supposed to be a droid for Mobile <laughs> Intelligence Systems Interface. <laughs> cool. And that's why she's called Missy. She's lying, of course, but it's uh, <laughs> that's still a cute, a cute idea. Um yeah, and and you know, to me, the teases that we've been getting throughout the season, she is interesting because we're wondering you know we know this means something but we don't know what and we begin and we're given such tiny things to go on but the thread that runs through them is that she's always greeting somebody who we've established has just died yeah. so mm-hmm. are, are, are we in heaven are we in hell is she an angel is she a devil what what's going on with that and now at last we find out what that was all about
2: and it does all finally make sense i am programmed for self-repair I am maintained by my heart. She asked the doctor, is everything in order? And he says, who maintained your heart? And Missy says, my heart is maintained by the doctor.
1: Yeah.
2: And we get giving to, I,
0: Giving Peter Cabal a chance to say. Doctor who? Yeah.
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Chang. That was just funny. <laughs> One thing that I did notice, and I thought of you guys whenever I, was watching it, and I've never noticed this before, when Clara and the Doctor first walk into the mausoleum and they look up, I thought to myself, that was so reminiscent of Tomb of the Cybermen. I just thought that that was really cool.
0: It's actually sort of a a pattern throughout the the big Cyberman stories, is that we always have to see them, you know, standing in different cells or chambers like that, and then they'll punch their way through you know we, that, that goes all the way back to the second doctor's time
2: you know one of the things that Moffat has said before or used is the hidden in plain sight and going back and watching it this time the idea that it was the Cybermen was just like screaming at us to me from every logo that they were showing to pictures on the wall and I'm like how could we not see that? Which I didn't see it at the beginning. But when did you guys remember realizing, oh, Cyberman?
0: Uh, I remember seeing it the first time in that moment where the doctor walks through the big double doors and says, I'm missing something. And the doors close closed behind him. <laughs> and you can see the two Cyberman eyes
1: side by side like that. I said,
0: oh, Cyberman. Cyberman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I see it. I think for me is when we get the dark water, the uh, the skeletons, um, suspended. Mm. I'm like, oh yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> he put his hand in there, he saw his flesh. Like, okay, we're okay. Yeah, I, okay, <laughs> that's where we're going yeah. here.
0: Yeah. So imagine all those skeletons we saw. They've got a skin on of some kind. Okay, I get. It. <laughs>
2: yeah. You know, honestly, for me and you guys will believe this because i wasn't not even paying attention to the skeletons at all my brain was so zeroed in on figuring out who is missy and lee i think this will be a question for you simply because you were a you grew up watching classic who did you have any thoughts when watching this on who Missy would be, because I did, I was sure I knew who Missy was. Did you have any thoughts on her identity before the reveal?
0: I yeah, you know what I remember is that there was so much discussion in, you know, s- social media at the time about that, that people were speculating that she was all kinds of people, but that the, the theory that she was the master was certainly mooted and i remember thinking oh yeah and if the master had regenerated as a woman you, you know they would call themselves mistress or missy yeah, i i see that so that's a possibility i thought <laughs> so
2: mm-hmm. in a way that that sort of spoiled the surprise there but still a great reveal but did you have an idea not not just others did you have a what did your gut tell you i figured that was the most likely you know,
0: when I heard somebody suggest that, I said, oh, yeah, master, mistress. Yeah, I, yep,
2: yep. I, I bet you're right. Clarence, did you have any thoughts of who? Because I know I, I, I I know I was probably going, trying to give you hints or not hints when you were watching it the first time, but did you have any thoughts? Uh,
1: not, not a clue.
2: My first thought whenever she appeared at the end of Deep Breath was, is this a new incarnation of River and had an incarnation of River gone bad? I thought that for a moment. Then I thought, well, what about Romana? We haven't seen Romana, but why would she go bad? Then my brain, up until the reveal, was so certain, 100% certain, even though I was 100% wrong, that it was going to be the Ronnie. That's who I thought it was going to be.
1: mm
0: and I had dismissed the idea that it was Romana, you know, that I somehow turned to evil Romana. But in that conversation, I remember this, when I said, you're a Time Lord. Time Lady, please, I'm old-fashioned. Which Time Lady? And she says, the one you abandoned, Doctor. Yes. And I thought, yes. ooh, oh, wow, <laughs> we did leave her in another universe, didn't we? Um, didn't you think I'd ever find my way back?
2: I thought, holy smoke, it is Romana. See, see, I I mean, very well played. But before we go on, I want to go back and I want to talk a little bit about Danny because we've talked about his death. We've talked about Clara's reaction to it, but we get a lot of character moments for Danny Mm -hmm. in this episode. We learn about his military background and he comes face to face with... Someone that he will have impact in, in the couple of you know episodes going forward. That said, Clarence, what did you think of learning more about Danny's story and specifically his decision when Clara t- tells him, "I need to know it's you." If you say, don't, "If you say I love you one more time," I'm disconnecting, and he does it. Thoughts.
1: Mm. Uh Well, I, don't know. I think that part in particular was pretty... I don't know if I can expand on that any further other than um him being true to himself. I think that's what he's doing in that situation. At least that's how I read it. I'm sure you guys may have another interpretation. uh but, but what I really love from Danny in this episode is the... And you, you mentioned that we're going to get more of it in the next, but just the greater depth into what makes him this brooding individual. Um, We keep rehashing or the doctor keeps rehashing about him being a soldier and we keep revisiting that. And then this episode, we we see a little more of (laughs) why he's so sad and heartbroken about that, which um, I don't know if they spelled it out in this episode, but it's pretty clear um, of, of, of what went wrong um, in his soldiering days. (laughs) So yeah, I just love that further explanation into what, you know, makes him this, um, you know, not weird, but brooding and very sad individual.
0: All the same things, yeah. That's, uh, I think uh, Clarence has summed it up very well. I I guess I thought that we might get a little more explanation of exactly who this uh, little boy is, uh, the young boy. But um, on the other hand, we know there's time. It's to be continued. It's, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, it's it's a it's a deep mystery, but. But it also, ironically, does help us to understand more about him. It's, uh, it's, it's really a lovely touch.
2: Awesome. Let's talk real quick about, I want to go back to, believe it or not, I want to go back to Missy for a moment. And one of my favorite Missy scenes is the interaction she has with Dr. Chang. And I believe that's, is it, that that is is Dr. Chang that she's telling uh, to say something nice to, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So what were you, what did you guys think about this idea of her warning someone to say something nice before she kills them? Thoughts?
1: That was annoying to me, but
2: (laughs) (laughs) please do tell. (laughs) Oh, come on, Clarence, say something nice.
0: Yeah, it is. It is the first time we heard it. And, um, and now looking back, I remember that I got tired of it real, real quickly. But uh, this first time, it's just intriguing. It's so puzzling. What do you do in that situation? Say something nice, and I'll kill you. Mm. A- and, and and Chang tries to play it both ways. And, of course, she kills him.
2: Mm. It's, uh, yeah. And you know me. I love over-the-top characters. So my brain was like, yes, I love you. I love you. <laughs> uh. One other thing that I want to go into before we get into the reveal real quick, even though we've already said the reveal. I'm curious to know what you guys think of this concept that they presented. When the mind dies, the Time Lord technology Sphere is uploading their brains to this basic hard drive. For lack of a well, that's what it was. Not mm-hmm. lack of a better purpose. That's what it was. Clarence, what did you think of this idea of l- uploading this consciousness into this hard drive? And do you foresee that in some capacity in our own future of some variation?
1: Oh man, what's that show called Upload <laughs> on uh, uh, Amazon, which is pretty yeah. much the mm-hmm. same premise. Uh, but yeah, it, it it reminded me of um silence in the library uh as well a bit. Oh, good callback. Yeah, uh, even even from the point of the echo um that I think takes place in that episode, uh, and they kind of use this this listening to the oh, dead yes. to who turned uh, out the lights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So very much ra- reminded me of that. I thought it was an interesting concept. Um. And real quick before I pass it over, the whole um, idea of Missy and Dr. Chang uh, and this um, whole uh, company, I guess, for lack of better words, that's facilitating this reminded me a lot of Loki in the TVA. Interesting,
0: yeah. Huh.
2: Mm, I could see that. Yeah, I definitely see that. What about you, Lee? What do you think?
0: One of the things that I I think... Uh, i missed watching this uh when you know when it was uh, new and fresh but uh, just looking at it again today i i realized this is Stephen Moffat showing his uh knowledge and allegiance of the classic series uh i think he's deliberately pointing us at romano with that line we were just talking about for example which you know new who fans uh still have no idea who that is um and uh you know things like that uh but how many faces the masters had i'm glad that we reviewed deadly assassin not too long ago because that refreshed my memory about that whole matrix and the idea that when time lords on gallifrey are are dying they go to the citadel and they are life experiences their minds are uploaded into the matrix and what missy's saying here is that either they've uh uh, it upgraded since then, or she's figured out a way to to hack it, but uh, now you don't have to be there to do it. So she's doing it to everybody, mm-hmm. and that's just right out of Deadly Assassin. That's a, that's just a great way of expanding on an idea from an episode from back in the seventies, and, uh, and and that's that's really lovely. I, I love stuff like that.
2: That is what you call. Expanding on a concept from the seventies, done right. Yes, that's right. Just saying.
0: Yeah. Well, to say nothing of you know, the Cybermen, which of course are
2: from the sixties. N- so, yeah. Or, are any other future writers that might try to do that, but just not quite as well? Uh, yeah. Anyway. Here we go. Yeah. But 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 we're not going back there. But I want to go back. You know, for some reason, this just really. Stuck in my head, the technology, and maybe because I did watch a little bit of Upload that you mentioned, Clarence, and who knows where we're going to be in 21, 22, but I was curious before we started recording, and so I said, okay, let me go back and see in 1920, what were some of the things that were invented that are probably commonplace to us today, that were inventions of the 1920s. And so here are a few. The electric automatic traffic signals, something that we don't mm-hmm. even think about that's commonplace, was invented in the 20s. The Band-Aid, the electric blender, the vacuum cleaner. All, my only purpose in mentioning that is, look at how far technology has advanced in the last 100 years. And I'm not saying that one day we will be able to, in any way, put our own consciousness up. But who's to say that with artificial intelligence, I mean, my goodness, years later, uh, and I hope all of us are still doing this podcast many, many, many years to come, but our voices are out there in the metasphere, the internet sphere, whatever. You see where I'm going with that? Who's to say that there couldn't be some AI that creates a simulation of our consciousnesses a hundred years from now. Who knows? Sure, you know.
0: Yeah, I think sooner than that.
2: Or well, exactly, or sooner than that. So let's get into the reveal. We find out that you know we had to keep up. We you know we we needed to please try to keep up. Her name was Missy. She, Short for Mistress. She certainly couldn't keep calling herself the Master now, could she? Stop
1: shouting now.
0: Stop making a fuss. It's too late. All the graves of planet Earth are
2: about to give birth. Who are you? Oh, you know who I am. I'm Missy. Who's Missy? Hmm.
1: Please try to keep up. Short for Mistress. Well. Couldn't very well keep calling myself the master. Now could
2: I? Thoughts of Missy being the master. Your initial thoughts. Clarence, start with you. What was your thoughts when you found out Missy was
1: the master? Uh, um, Interesting. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It definitely put the doctor, put, put him on high alert when that happened. So... Yeah, I'm trying to remember how I felt felt first. Excuse me, first felt about this because I mean, this time watching it, it really, you know, knowing what's coming, is not as impactful. Yeah, and I think even just the notion of seeing a time lord go from a male to a female here was maybe the bigger shocker of out of all this for for me at that time. I mean, now you know. Later, with the current doctor, I mean, we we're used to it now. But certainly, uh, the reveal had to be huge for people who weren't clued into the uh, meta of what was going on here.
0: Yeah, I don't remember really how I felt about that initially, but uh, you know, looking back on it, it, is it is fun that this is this is us officially canonizing that uh, regeneration is not uh, limited to gender, and that's uh, that's fun.
2: You know, I think had we not had Michelle Gomez, I mean, and, you know, kudos for casting there. But if Michelle Gomez's Missy had not have been, and I, I'm just speaking from my own opinion here, had not been such a success as she was, we very well may not have ever had a 13th female doctor. You know, I think, I don't want to say testing the waters, but in reality, they were testing the waters, dark water, light water, invisible water, whatever. But this was proving ground, and the casting was spot on, the characterization spot on, and she worked as as a, a, an incarnation that could be sympathetic, but also could be incredibly cold cruel and calculated and the choice to dress her as an edwardian lady
0: is uh is fascinating and and that's why people immediately started calling her scary poppins which <laughs> and that may have been the joke you know at the bbc <laughs> uh you know when, when they were first trying to decide cuz she could look like anything right but they decided to make her this edwardian lady with this you know this corseted uh, uh, silhouette and everything it's It's so, it's so interesting. That's what, that's my favorite thing about Missy is, uh, is that choice of design. So I don't know, love it.
2: One thing that I do like, and, you know, I've kind of made little jokes about the Chibnall era, but with Sasha Dewan's version of the master, I find it, you know, cool that while of course he's wearing a suit uh, appropriately so, he has this color scheme on that suit that's very reminiscent to some degree of the same colors that missy often wore particularly and with this that she's got on Mm -hmm. all right gentlemen do either of you have any other things before we get into our favorites in this episode we learned uh, what uh, clara's birthday is oh yes november the 23rd yes of course it is all right anything else guys all right, let's get into our favorite quote. Clarence Brown favorite quote. I know what it was. I know exactly Don't say what it. you no, did. No. Anything with that. How dare <laughs> See, you? Now How you got to something. <laughs> Clarence, oh god. We've been doing this podcast oh, since 2016. I could not possibly I, I could not possibly end this episode without you saying something. Nice.
0: Kill me now hey here's a quote for you clarence go to hell <laughs> yeah that was a good one <laughs> what what did you say
2: <laughs> I, I i give that i love that i love that okay Clarence is, is going to hell i love that all right lee Shackleford.
0: oh but more seriously this is just one of my favorite things in all new who and i'm so glad that it's Peter Capaldi, who gets to say it, this this really deeply moved me. Do you think I care for you so little that mm. betraying me would make a difference?
1: Mm, mm, mm. So good,
0: isn't that something? Yeah, that yes. That,
1: and that uh, just on that quote itself, it reminded me of a biblical thing of of how uh, Christians think of God still loving us in spite of whatever we do to betray him so
0: that that was my thought exactly was that the doctor has been so cruel so often up until this point and suddenly here in this moment of crisis i think we're getting the real him and it's christ-like i just do you think i care for you so little that betraying me would make a difference wow yeah
1: good stuff how about Mm. you mr jones
2: Well, I was thinking when you were saying everything you were just saying, Lee, I'm picturing a scene at Twice Upon a Time where he is hugging two individuals that he's saying goodbye to. It's, again, another example of the tremendous growth this doctor had. So, I don't know. I I can't say... Anything but something nice about that scene, I was just thinking. Mm. Oh, that's my favorite quote. Say something nice. Just in case you guys didn't. Mm. I am shocked. Shocked. Yeah. Uh, favorite scene. I will start. Favorite scene. The reveal where she's, you know, saying all the graves of planet earth about to give birth. Blah, 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 blah. Mm. I won't uh, repeat it. I'll just play it right now. Stop shouting now! Stop making a fuss, it's
1: too late! All the graves of planet Earth are about to give birth!
2: Who are you? Oh, you know who I am. I'm Missy. Who's Missy? Mm. Please try to
1: keep up. Short for mistress. Well... Couldn't very well keep calling myself the master. So, yes, that
2: is my favorite scene, the reveal. Favorite scene, Clarence Brown, what say ye?
1: I like the cleverness of the opening scene with, um, well, near the opening of the scene of Clara looking for the keys and the sleep patch. Um, although they threw us for totally off off the, out of the loop with that one uh, in the wrong direction, misdirection. Uh, I still thought it was pretty clever. Of of this not being a sleep patch but a dream patch, <laughs> <laughs> or however the doctor explained it in that moment, um, yeah, I really thought that was well done. Lee Shackleford, what say ye? My
0: favorite scene was the reveal, not of Missy but of the Cybermen, when the when the water starts flooding out of the tank, so we can see the tip of their helmet emerging and so on. I just, I just loved all of that. Even if you had already suspected, it's still a a,
2: a an extraordinary a visual. So, final rating. Lee, I'll start with you. Final rating. What I'm, say you? I'm giving it five windows that look
0: like
1: Cyberman eyes. <laughs> okay. Clarence Brown, what say you? I'm going to give it 4.8 TARDIS keys out of
2: five. five. There you go. Ooh, 4.8. I'm going to give it five, oh God, from Clarences <laughs> out of five. Every time I get ready to... Say something nice. There you go. I love this. I can't wait for the next one. There you go.
0: Our only hope, Clarence, our only hope is to become Cybermen between <laughs> now
1: and then. I think. I'm yeah, I don't want to feel. <laughs> well, the
2: good thing we do know is Series 9 will be right around the corner, yeah. and you guys will at least have some backup because or maybe I will have some backup because our friend Shannon Perry should be joining us for the opening two-parter of series nine yay Yay! oh and who else is in that episode Mm, I think I'm gonna have fun but for everyone listening thank you for listening I hope you had fun I had so much fun recording this and (laughs) As always, but I'm going to change it up for this episode. Just remember to say something nice.
0: I am loving this.
2: And we will be back next time. Oh, <laughs> it costs us. Oh, so I yes. so did have fun uh, with that. For all this like, episode,
1: for the listeners that made it this far through all the say something nices, you're true fans. <laughs> we appreciate you. <laughs>